what are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of my ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity. Reverse, reverse, reverse the polarity. I just reversed the polarity. Welcome to The Fan and the Fool. I'm Matt Antonelli. And I'm Alex Cameron. I am the fan. And I am the fool, apparently. Perfect. Um, So, this is a podcast about me being really into Doctor Who and... Me not knowing anything about it and being quite sceptical of whether or not I will like it. Perfect. And by the end of... 27 classic seasons of... 26 classic seasons of Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, you will love it. We'll and then it. a telling movie. And then 13 new seasons. And 13 main Doctors. Why don't we start with one episode at a time? <laughs> one story arc at one a time. One story arc at a time. Um, so basically the way this is going to work is... We're going to watch a lot of classic episodes. And because I know a lot about Doctor Who... Um, I'm coming at it from that. Like, I know where this character is going to end up. I know mm-hmm. where all these storylines are going to go. Whereas Alex has no idea what's going to happen. Nothing. Nothing. And I don't has... know what a Doctor Who is, so... Oh, oh my God. So every time you say something, that it just hurts my, like, fan soul a little bit. Um, Professor what now? Exactly. Okay. Um, that is That will come up, Professor. That's, yeah, anyway, um, that's just a little... Thing there for the fans of the Seventh Doctor, um, and for people like me, I don't understand either. So perfect. I've got some camaraderie there. I'm also just gonna do a dis, uh, just like disclaimer because I know there's many like super fans. So if I say something and you're like, he's not a real fan because he doesn't know that <laughs> that actor who played a caveman is played by blah, blah, blah um, that's fine. Spoilers, jeez. <laughs> um, and also. Uh, I've seen a lot of classic episodes, but I haven't I hadn't actually seen this one yet, so maybe maybe I am not a true fan. You hadn't seen the first episode ever of your favourite show. No, I've seen the second the second arc, the Daleks. Is um, that the first episode? That's not what I said. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that's fine. So also I don't know what that is, so the Daleks. The what? You know what Daleks are. I've seen what they're supposed to be. I don't know what they do. I well, actually... what they're supposed to be is what they look like. So, well, then I know everything. I'm the super fan. No, okay, no, I am the super fan. Okay, um, so we'll start. Yes. With an unearthly child. First story arc. The first story arc. The first four episodes of Doctor Who. So, um, I this has like a lot of firsts. And before we like get into plot and stuff, mm-hmm. as a fan. You can already see, like, maybe it's because I, I also listen to a lot of audio plays for Doctor Who, but this just feels already like Doctor Who when it starts, and you're like, oh my gosh, except it's in black and white, and, um, you know... <laughs> not on the radio. Not on the radio. So, we start in Coal Hill School with uh, Barbara Wright and Ian Chesterton talking about this student of theirs... Who knows lots of things, but also doesn't know lots of things. Uh, Susan Foreman. So, when we opened, Mm -hmm. what did you think? The title sequence? The music? I honestly thought it was pretty good for its time. It wasn't horrible. I don't know what I expected, but I thought it was pretty good. Okay, excellent. Creepy music. It was obviously in black and white. 
But um, I don't know what I expected. I didn't expect it to be bad, but I didn't expect it to be like as competent as it was. And I know that sounds like an insult, <laughs> but I've heard you talk a lot about how you really see the difference when you watch the new stuff. Mm. So I don't know what I expected, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, like obviously when you watch new the newer seasons, you'll see a lot of special effects. We'll get to like the 70s and 80s where they try a lot of things with special effects. Oh, so the bastards come out. Excellent. But, um, you know, get the really cool, uh, the intro music and the, the uh, title sequence. And now the title sequence, I'm just going to say something to you. Yes. It is a special effect. So that, like, weird, wavy thing, yes. okay, that's actually a uh, visual effect where you get a camera and you point it at a monitor of, it, of, the, of its own recording. And so that's all like, it is. a weird effect. Wow, yes. that's pretty cool. So um, that was pretty uh, out there for its time. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that created that, though, uh, apparently isn't the one who really created it. So that's something we can talk about at the end, because I've got trivia at Ooh, the end. Fun trivia. From 1963? 1963. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, and I found my first thing. I know when we were talking about doing this podcast, there were things that I wanted to talk about that, like, that uh, don't hold up in like modern-day society. Yep. And the first thing I saw was two teachers thinking about giving a student a lift home. And I was like, that is not... <laughs> well, it's not COVID appropriate to start COVID with. Appropriate. But even so, yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You mentioned that and that makes sense, but I didn't even notice it at the time. No. No, I was like, part of me was just like, no, no, I would not do that. Well, you are a teacher. I am, oh, yes. That's, yes, I am, am a I allowed to teacher. say that on this podcast? Oh, yeah. Well, that's why you picked it up. Yeah. My views don't uh, represent my workplace, though. So. All that of teachers? That, all teachers love Doctor Who. Or at least all the ones that I've met. I know one who probably doesn't, but let's move on. Um, so, they follow her to her home. And I think that's worse than offering that to drop her home. And I do think there's a moment there where, like, Barbara, so Barbara Wright. The female teacher. The female teacher, the history teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, oh, this is actually silly. We should probably go home. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you followed a young, um, you know, student to, like, a garbage dump, basically. Yeah. And so... Decommissioned junk out or something. <laughs> yeah. So, what, what, are you just going to follow her into there? Then what's going to happen? Um... So anyway, they go in there, and they, you know, they have a look around, and there's some, you know, there's some classic, just someone falls over and drops their torch, which I thought was a bit, like, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, at the 11, I, I checked, I time-checked it, at 11 minutes and 50 seconds, we see the first Doctor. So William Hartnell, who is the first Doctor. Doctor Who. Yep, I do actually have that. There was later on... Oh my gosh, we're going to get to it. Okay. But So he rocks up. Yes. Can I ask you, is there a reason you mentioned the time? Is it significant or you're just... I was just excited. Oh, okay. I didn't know if Were was... you not excited? The, the title character has I, turned up. How do I know he's the title character? I don't know what a Doctor Whom is. Uh-huh. I just He's just some old guy in a junkyard. <laughs> okay, he turns up. Sure. And... They're immediately like, 
what do you like? Where is Susan? So, and he's like, oh, there's no. What are you talking about? So, the name of the uh, junkyard is Foreman's. Like it, it says, it has the name Foreman's on it, and it's seventy six Totters Lane. And so they, her name is Susan Foreman, the student. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor walks in, and um, you know, is basically just like, whatever, go get the police. I don't really, I don't really care what you what you do. And because they're trying to threaten him about wanting to find out where Susan is, and he says, "Well, go get the police. I don't care." And they're like, "No, no, you're coming with us." And he's like, "No, no, I'm not going anywhere." And it's not like they're going to drag an old man to a police station, and then they hear her. Yes. Oh my gosh! And then we get the TARDIS. So do you know do you know what a TARDIS is? I know it's an acronym. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was that they said on the show. It has the words time and space in it, obviously, but I don't remember the rest of the letters. Okay. Am I wrong? No, no, you're correct. There okay. is time and space, but it's time in relative dimensions in space. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Or it does mean something else, but that's also... A full word. We'll worry about that later. Okay, well, that's a good point, because I was going to say to you, I noticed that the Doctor... Or Doctor Whom is it? The, do- the Doctor. Mr. Doctor Man said... He is credited as Doctor Who in this, at the end, in the closing. Therefore, so you, you I can't will not be assuaged from calling him the Doctor Who. Yeah. Just like Batman is the Batman, I will call him the Doctor Who. Anyway, he says that Susan named the TARDIS, or she says, one of them says that she's the one that named it. I'm so glad, I'm so glad you brought this up. Because yeah. this is like a very... Uh, Disputed thing in the Who community. Well, I watched it. Okay. She said, or he said, that she named it. And I thought, I, I wonder if that's a throwaway or there's a reason for that. So she says that she made the name out of the letters. Yes. TARDIS. Yep. And so it, TARDIS is an acronym and she has named it Time and Relative Dimensions in Space, or mm-hmm. Dimension in Space. And so, part of the dispute amongst, like, fans... Whovians? Whovians. Whovians. How do I even know that? I have... Oh, there's a TV show called Whovians. Oh, Robin so Man, that's not what Doctor Who fans are called? No. Um, okay. <laughs> Doctor Whovians? It, it is. It is Whovians. Before anyone comments and gives them grief. <laughs> um, Doctor Watsits. She says that, but, you know, Tardises have obviously been around for ages. For all of time. So... Is that really what it's uh, what's called? Well, I assume by that it's not. But I don't have any reason to know that she doesn't also exist forever. Mm. Because, but I'll bring that up later. <laughs> There's something about her I want to ask you later in a possible category later that we're going to talk about. But anyway. Right. Yes. Um, so I have one of my favourite like moments. So it's the first time that People have entered, like, on the show. Yeah. The Doctor has... Uh, this is a term that's going to come up a lot. It comes up later in this. But he has companions. So there's always a Doctor and his companions in the TARDIS. Right. So... Um, I don't think he used that word, though. No, no. It's later. Okay. I've got, I heard it. I heard it, because I'm the real fan. Oh, I see. Um, and um, I've put here... Uh, the Doctor's not very friendly in this first incarnation. He just zaps in with the TARDIS. 
That was my general feel. I wasn't sure <laughs> if I was supposed to like Doctor Who or not. Well, I think it's really interesting because at this point, so he's clearly just like, oh, now these people have figured out who we are and we can't just let them leave, <laughs> which sounds horrifying if you know, like, the current Doctor. Like, is, is he just going to, like, kidnap these people or something? And I'll clarify, I don't know. Oh. Um, so, uh, then it does take off. And there's some really great, just like, uh, Ian and Barbara, the actors, um, <laughs> William Russell and yes, doing some classic, some classic William Russell and Jack, Jacqueline Hill, just doing some like, um, you know, falling over. <laughs> it's some good acting. I actually thought his was the worst. It looked really bad. It looked like he didn't want to fall down very hard. So he kind of falls to his knees and then flops on the floor. Yes. So I thought that was hilarious. Also something that doesn't really happen that often, as in like... Um, people being people kidnapped? People just passing. People being kidnapped. Or does that happen a lot? I don't know. Well, maybe in this incarnation it does. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say? I knew that they left in the TARDIS, like, unwillingly. Okay. I hadn't seen that. But I was like, oh. He really just zapped that guy and then took off. So... <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to, other way to put it. That's what happened. <laughs> Um, now, uh, when they do land, yes. uh, did you have anything else about that first, how do you think that first episode ended? I thought it was really good because I thought it was a perfect way to end the episode because obviously it's leading on to the next episode in a super clear way, Mm. which I'm guessing is going to be a thing that happens with each episode or arc anyway. Yeah. There was one thing I noticed that I don't know if you brought it up. Or you're going to ring up, I mean. When they're in the TARDIS and they're talking, Doctor Who, Mr. Doctor Who does it, who done it, he actually looks physically into the camera when he says a line. Mm. And I don't know if that's on purpose or not, or if he's just a bad actor. There's some breaking the fourth wall, and there's also some of that. So that's purposeful. There's actually a moment, um, I'm not sure if you noticed, um, in when they're in the TARDIS the first time, there's some, I guess production errors like you can actually see a boom mic at the top for a moment you know like a microphone i didn't notice that and also um william russell and william hurtnell so william russell plays in chesterton the science teacher yeah and william hurtnell plays the doctor mm-hmm. um but Who's, they who, who? they just Sorry. interrupt each other like they don't speak their lines correctly they just kind of talk over each other and then Ian gets zapped by the tardis so that was you don't think that was on purpose? You think that's just not great acting? I just think that's them just... Maybe they were just like, just say something. I think they, <laughs> they weren't meant to interrupt each other like that. Because when Mr. Doctor Who Man looks into the camera, his exact line is, because obviously the teacher is not willing to believe or take on this new knowledge of... Oh, being on the inside... Thing of yep. a post box that happens to be this mass telephone box oh, happens to be this mass. It's still incorrect, but continue. <laughs> Fully main box <laughs> box. There's literally one behind you. <laughs> Police public call box blue. I think there's two more Tardises downstairs in my living. Anyway, there's one whatever. poster over there. But he says to this guy, "You don't understand, so you find excuses." And I thought, is the whole point? Or is he's telling the audience? To just go with it, don't try to find excuses, or is it just... No, I think that's really good, because he does, um, uh, he uses an analogy there, like he can, he compares it to something else, 
TV. Yes. So, like, it's in your living room and you wouldn't be able to believe that a while ago or whatever. And so it's like, well, maybe this is just a whole other world that we're all going to learn about. <laughs> How nice. Yeah, yeah. And he zaps him. There is a thing earlier on when Susan's trying to teach the science teacher, um, Ian, about... Oh, yeah. About, um, you know, the fact that there should be they should be talking about five dimensions, so yeah. length, width, height, and then obviously time and space. Ooh, ooh, um, and uh, you know that's another point where you go, well, well, maybe there's more to this whole thing than than meets the eye. That's more of a Transformers reference, though. More than meets the eye? No, all right, don't worry about it. Um, no, I know it. I just don't know why it's being said in a Doctor Who done it. <laughs> podcast <laughs> um i've put here as my very first point for the second part yes episode two um caveman acting on point that's an interesting point because <laughs> i have an almost opposite point in the next episode but we'll get there yes i agree in this episode caveman acting was on point <laughs> i was just like oh, okay because i also didn't know the first i guess the first time because I hadn't seen this episode. Yeah, this arc. Where the, this arc, this, well, this episode as well. Yeah. Um, where the TARDIS goes for its, like, first trip on screen. Because you also have to remember that there hasn't been any, like, this isn't from any other medium. Like, the first episode of Doctor Who is the start of, like, all of this. What, what are you saying is it's not based on a book or There's anything? There's no book yeah. or, you know, something else. It's just, like, this is where it kicks off. <laughs> And so, I didn't know where they land initially, so it's just, it just seems like very ancient times then. Yeah. And so, the camera, I think the... I think it makes sense for a first destination. Yeah. Um, so, and also, uh, something that's going to come up a lot, things on the TARDIS not working properly. So, he couldn't tell what year it was when he looked at the console, because the thing wasn't working. That hap- That's going to happen a lot. See, I didn't know if that was just because... They had broken down initially in the junkyard, and they were trying to fix it. But that's a, that's a theme. That's a theme. Or you just wait. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know what it is then. This is gonna be good. It's a fun fact. Um, my favorite uh, moment early in that episode. There's a fi- at the five minute mark when uh, Ian calls the doctor Doctor Foreman. Oh yes. And he says Doctor Who, and you're like, oh. <laughs> That's the name of the show. That might be the point I was going to bring up. That's the second time he looks into the camera and says something. He looks at the audience and says, Doctor Who. There is a lot of break in the fourth wall. There's a lot of... Um, I don't think it happens as much now, but I will get there, I'm sure. I wonder sure. why. But there's a lot of, like, you know... Um, what would you call it? You know, that um, monologue, monologue kind of stuff where they, they're talking to themselves just with the camera. And I don't think that that comes up as much later on. Right. But that is interesting, the times that he looks at the camera. We're going to get to a great moment later when we get to, like, the when there's five Doctors in the one episode <laughs> and the first Doctor does a look to camera that I just think is hilarious. <laughs> Almost like The Office kind of a what? Yeah, well... A gym look? No, not a gym look. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Maybe an old man gym look. Maybe. <laughs> I also thought too, Ian says it as like a Doctor Who. Mm. as like a throwaway line. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. 
But we don't actually, like... I don't think even in any of these episodes he calls himself the Doctor or anything. That's why when you start saying it at the start of this podcast... That doesn't happen for me yet, so I'm not taking it on board. Okay, don't take it's it a Doctor Who done it, but also like Susan doesn't call him because he she just calls him grandfather, and uh, something about um, we're just going to go off on weird tangents, but this is fine because I love it. But Susan, like, this is the first time, obviously, because it's early in the season, <laughs> like that we see a relative of the Doctor's. Yes. So I'm going to bring that up later. Yes. Yes. Another point of contention amongst fans. Well, I'm going to bring that up later. Trust me. <laughs> um, so, they get out of the TARDIS. Um, the, one, of the, one of the rare things that I don't think will come up as much is the fact that he does some checks before they go outside. He actually makes sure that the air outside is breathable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's something to a fan like me who's like, oh, okay, sometimes he is safe. Um, then he... <laughs> Interesting. And then they go outside, um, and they want... He, he wanders, the Doctor, thinking to himself, almost looking at the camera again, why his TARDIS still looks like a police box. That is what I was going to bring up. Because I... From not ever watching the show, the police box is iconic, obviously. hmm And then this guy just says, well, it's not supposed to be this. It, 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 it can change, but it won't change. Yeah. Do you want to know the reason behind that? Production-wise? Yes, production-wise, yes, not story-wise. So, they initially, the creators of the show wanted to do um, what's called a working chameleon circuit in the TARDIS. Excuse me? Which is basically, whenever the TARDIS lands somewhere, I think Susan explains in the oh. episode, it, like, scans its surroundings and then picks a look that fits in with the area. Yeah. And so, 1960s, it becomes a police box, because police boxes existed back then. Yes. But... It's too expensive to just keep changing it. So So that's why, like, <laughs> 50 years later, they're like, that's oh, a police box. And also, know. it's just iconic, isn't it? It's just, yeah. like, the one thing. But that is interesting. I, I would have never picked that from never seeing the show, that that was supposed to be a thing. Um, we also get a classic um, Frightened Susan scream. That happens... That's going to happen a lot. That She's... happens, like, four times in this story arc. Just her screaming loudly. Yeah, I start to find it a bit annoying. I think the actress, the actress finds it a bit annoying. <laughs> so that that will come up. Sure. More and more. Oh, that's a shame. Um, in twenty in, in fourteen minute mark, uh, the caveman, who uh, look, this is the thing that I wanted to talk. To, uh, we talked before we recorded this that I might have just missed something, Go but on. the caveman seems to think just from the get-go, that the Doctor can make fire from his hands. See, I thought... That's a good point, but... So I thought... Because he later talks about, I need my matches, and I figured he had struck a match, and that had been seen. Because I... Doesn't the caveman watch them for a while? Yes. And then the Doctor walks off, and then he takes a Doctor later... Yes. And says, you make fire with your hands. Maybe I missed it, but I know that this doctor smokes a pipe. I think that... Well, I didn't know if he smoked, but I thought that must be what he saw. Right. So we both missed it. Well, (laughs) Because because he was very happy. This is... 
he was very happy to take the old man back to the other members of his tribe yeah. and be like, I've defeated this old man. <laughs> <laughs> Which later gets used as a very common insult. Yeah. Oh, you're an old man, but for some reason. An old fuddy-duddy. But I think I don't think it gets shown. I would have remembered seeing him light something. Yeah, I was like... I mean, maybe he saw the police box just appear out of nothing and was like... This is insane. I'm going to take this guy. But I don't think he saw that. No. I think he saw them just come out of it. Later, in episode four, when it disappears, they're all like, what? And they throw their spears through it. Yeah. I think it's off screen. And maybe that's the, maybe that's the whole point, is the mystery is, why did he just take this old guy? Mm. And then you find out he must have seen him making fire. And then something that does happen that is I find really, really interesting... So the Doctor's been pretty, like, grumpy, like, at the start. And he doesn't really show much care for Ian or Barbara. Yes. But then he saves Ian, basically, by promising the cavemen fire. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe he's not completely horrible. Because he doesn't seem to be that worried at that point. Like, if they, if Ian died, he could just get back in his box and fly off at some point. (laughs) But instead, although later he does admit, because Ian's the, like the strongest of them, he says, "Yeah, maybe he just was like, that's a self-preservation thing. Like, I better keep this guy alive. What's, what scene he... I thought he was just trying to keep them all alive. Does he specifically say the teacher? Well, because um, there's a guy with like an axe that's going to kill Ian at the... Well, I assume well, yes. he's going to no, kill him. I do remember. You're right. And he's like, stop, or... Whatever. I make fire. He doesn't say whatever. Hot dog in. He doesn't say either any of those things. Sure. Doctor That's kind of where we end up at the end of the second episode. Um, I've written down some caveman names. Yes, I can give you some. I, her. H-U-R. H-U-R. Yep. Zar. Z-A. Z-A and Carl. K-A-L. Yes. I thought that was well done. Very... Very authentic names. <laughs> Very authentic caveman names. We can definitely check that by asking them. Well, apparently, it's not actually said, but I think it's like 100,000 BC or something that they're aiming for. Well, I thought he said... Maybe I misunderstood this. I thought the doctor said something about it being year zero when they first landed. Yes. I heard that too. But maybe that was just zero was coming up on the, on the console because he couldn't get it to work. Mm. But maybe it's easier. Maybe right? it's a different measure because it's like a weird time machine too. That's true. Um, I yeah. Did you watch this with subtitles? No, I did. I should though. Well, I just watch all my shows that way, but it's just so I don't miss anything. But the way you spelt those names is how they were spelt on the thing. Oh, okay, that's the only reason I was thought that you must have watched it with subtitles. No, I just looked it up. <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> I wrote down the names and then I crossed them out and spelt them, spelt them correctly. Oh. So I had H U, um, no H A R, no H U R, and I had Z A R, like Zar. Not Z A. Yeah, no, that's I wrote. Oh. I rewrote it. I see. I, I see. correct myself. Well, I also figured there's probably going to be moments when the audio is not very clear, mm. and or that happens. When the actor, particularly William Hartnell. Yeah. There will be times where he just says something that doesn't make sense. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I thought it would be a good idea to watch it with them. Yes. That's In fact, idea. that's probably going to be hilarious at some point. Because <laughs> he... Um, look, 
Uh, William Hartnell was, I think, uh, he's the he was at the well he for a long time he was the oldest actor to play the Doctor. Definitely at this point. At, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> so he he sort of starts to get become unwell as the show goes on. Oh, and really? So, which is sad. Yes. But it also means that he sometimes just forgets his lines and says whatever. Or he there's times and. Um, there's an episode coming up, and it's story arc coming up that we'll get to, mm-hmm. where he says there's too many lines in this episode for me to say. And he says that on the show. He doesn't say it on the in the oh, episode. That's what I thought you were saying. You're like he's going to say hilarious things. Like um, I'm not saying all these lines. No, but he loves being the this character. Not initially, but oh. he does because you know kids watch it, and then he becomes like really. Um, Iconic. Iconic, yeah. Part three? Part three. Um, I put here as my first point, Susan says to uh, the doctor, her grandfather, yes. don't blame yourself, grandfather. And I've just put, but you should. Well, that's pretty <laughs> much his fault. <laughs> but see, I get where he's coming from. I mean, these two people from human civilization have discovered them, and they're basically aliens. Mm. So he's worried that they're going to be found out. Yes. So I get... But can I just, like, what... If they if he's found out, right? Yes. What, then? He can fly away. Why doesn't he just send them on their way and fly off? I mean, I suppose Susan likes going to that school, even though she's really smart and not smart at the same time. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, question for you, mm. and I don't know if this is a controversial thing or not, is the Doctor, he's, I, I know from hearing things about the show, because obviously I know you, and you like the show and whatever. Whoa, okay. He's a Time Lord. He is a Time Lord. Is he invincible? Because he seemed to be very scared at different points in, in this story arc that made me think, I don't get it. I, isn't he just like... There's a story... In the far future... That explains... That explains his hesitance to get hurt. He... he In a way, he can't die. I mean, Time Lords can die, but he doesn't seem to. Even... Even at some points where you think he probably would die. Okay. But you can... But for him... Like, it's a hassle, basically. Okay. <laughs> but also, they don't mention any of him being a Time Lord or anything in this story. No, none of that's... Like, they don't know where they're going with this yet. Okay. So they're just like, he's just a mysterious alien traveler person. Well, then it makes sense that he's scared to get hurt regardless, so that makes sense. I get that. But also, he's also... He's, he's Which quite, means they have to retcon it later. He's quite a lot weaker than he is later on, though. Yeah. Like, you know, on this, he's a bit like... He's an old man. He's a bit weak. You know, then they're trying to free each other. You know, they're using the rock to free each other from the... They're, they're, Cut their, their hands are bound. Their hands are bound at the start of this episode. The the cavemen have got them trapped in a cave and they're trying to escape. Yeah, and the rock, it keeps breaking apart instead of breaking them out. Yeah. And they're taking in turns to cut Ian's rope because he's the strongest and if they need to defend themselves... It's on him. Get the get the young male to help because no one else can. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I guess 1963. Um, well, there's a point that I want to make, like later on. Yeah. Um, 
We'll wait till they get to, we get to that. But when they're escaping through the forest, there's a few things that I'm just like, what? What? Um, but they're trying to um, they're trying to break his bounds, like try and get him free. Yeah. And the doctor's like trying. He's like, oh, I'm so tired. Susan, you take over. <laughs> like it's like he's really not that strong at this point. He's smart, I guess. Well, he um, comes up with what they should eventually do. Yeah. Which is use one of the bones, bones. that's in the cave. They're covered with... It's surrounded with bones and skulls. We're going to talk to both about bones later. Okay. At the end of the... At the end Interesting. Of the end. I actually don't know what point that's going to be. I can't remember that. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yes, I've written down here... I put... The Doctor is a little more useless than I thought he would be. Yep. Um, and he says... Fear makes companions of us all to Ian. So, because Ian's like, before you didn't really care about us, and yeah, and then he's like, oh, fear makes companions of us all. And companion comes up again, but companion is what everyone that travels with the doctor is called. You can hear that a lot, okay? Because in this episode, the way that these things are sort of like recorded is that, like, so the doctor in this episode is the first doctor, yep. And his companions are Ian, Barbara, and Susan. Right. So they're the first companions of the first Doctor. But you said... Question. You said that they are kind of making it up as they go when they started the show. Yes. Do you think they just used a throwaway term like fear makes companions of us all and then later they've grabbed onto that? I think that they just wrote that. And me knowing that they're called companions has latched onto it <laughs> oh so even they didn't do it on purpose no but eventually they they I'm do start now. using that line or they call them assistants and right. which is normally met with hostility by some companions like if I was like you know I'm the host of the show and Alex is my assistant like that's kind of <laughs> okay but here's the difference I wouldn't say you're my companion though <laughs> no that's a different thing mm. but you're not like this alien creature that has all this crazy technology and things, and mm. I'm along for the ride. That would make me an assistant. I don't have a problem with the term. I'm just saying, unless uh, I, unless something happens in the show that changes that, it makes sense to me because that's the big deal. And then you've got the few people. I with think them. it's because there's some companions who are more intelligent and would not like to be called assistant. And then we will get to those companions. Okay. I'll just tell you right now, so far, I don't see that from these. Except maybe Susan. She seems to have a... Yeah, in fact, I think she's... She seemed to have... Like, she could sense the cavemen coming at the start of that... When they came out of the TARDIS. Yeah, So I thought that she seems to have... And it will probably come up later. I put slight evidence of Susan's telepathy. Because I think that comes up more. Right. Mm. And the Doctor has that too. But for her, it's like a different level. Well... I won't tell you too much. No, I was just going to say, I didn't notice that, but I guess that makes sense if that's like what you see later on in the show, which I haven't got to yet, so... Um, and the Doctor starts develop. I put... The Doctor starts developing hope as well. Yes. So he's normally feeling negative, and then suddenly he's like, I suppose we might get out of here. And he picked, but he picks that up from Ian. The yes, hope. that's what I, I thought. That was really interesting. The fact that he's this old 
grumpy traveler who's like no one no one talk to me i want to do my own thing we're hiding from our people and we're a higher being than these people yeah and suddenly he's like like he's being taught something from this um you know random science teacher yeah and i was like that's cool and i'm guessing that's a thing that happens throughout the show i think oh i don't know how his character fully develops right but i Judging from what the character is like now, like that's definitely something. Like hope is definitely something that. Oh no! What I mean, yes, his, I, his positive, like, um, yeah, or his uh, more positive view of humans starts to come out of that. I think. But what I mean is, does it become a thing throughout the show and with all the different doctors that they? change and grow because of learning things from their companions oh yes so that's like we're gonna get to a lot of that okay but there's also times when um i think it's really telling when you start to see the doctor with different companions or with the absence of any companions you start to get a sense of what he's like right by himself by himself um so I guess also at this point we don't know how old the Doctor is. So, I mean, I know he looks like an old man. Hmm. But, um, you know, is he hundreds of years old yet? Uh, We might learn that later. Ooh. His age goes, his age fluctuates a lot. So we'll have a lot of discussion about that, I'm sure. Oh, interesting. I won't say any more then. But time travel, wibbly wobbly, you know. (laughs) Wibbly wobbly. (laughs) Yeah. What I was going to say is... If he's a time lord and travels through time, I assume he's not just like 50 or 60 years old, but I guess no. we get to that. Yes, we will get to that. Interesting. Um, I've put more screaming from Susan, because mm-hmm. um, it happens again. Yes. Um, I thought the there's a point where the, there's a camera close up uh, when the cavemen uh, come into the their like enclosure. <laughs> enclosure? Cave. Cave. <laughs> the cavemen come in. Like, they, someone comes in to assist, um, you know, the, assist the doctor and his companions to escape. Yes. Um, the old lady. The old lady, who they just refer to as old woman the whole time. <laughs> like, she doesn't have a name. <laughs> Whereas some of them do. Yeah. So, there's, we have, I, try, I tried to find, I think, um, I even looked up the cast list. So, we have Zar. And her, and Carl, and Hawk, and Old Mother. <laughs> Just doesn't have a name. Wow. Um, and so, there's a bit where she's she lets them, she helps them escape through like a, like a hidden exit. Yeah. A very huge hidden exit. I was like, why didn't they just climb out of that hole? Because the main exit is just covered with a big boulder. Big boulder. But there's just like this massive opening. Rubbage or something that covers it and that's it. Barbara even says, I can feel like the wind on my face. There must be air coming from somewhere. Yeah, from the massive hole. <laughs> and I know their hands are tied. Literally. But they can... Ooh. Um... <laughs> they can, they could have climbed out of that, I reckon. Even with the hands tied? Yeah, Even with their hands for sure. tied. Maybe not the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctor well, Who done sh- it. Oh. Um, so he struggles uh, as they escape, and the old woman is uh, in 
where they were where they were being held captive. She's yeah, she's waiting at the bottom of the cave while they escape um, out the secret exit. And the um, one of the cavemen, and I can't remember his name, but one of the cavemen moves the boulder aside. That's Zar, right? Uh, yes, that's Zar. Um, uh, there's just some close-ups on his face putting, like, extreme effort in to moving the boulder, <laughs> and I thought that was quite good. Just lots of gritted teeth and trying to push aside a massive boulder. And then, of course, he goes in there and, uh, they find the old woman. And the rest have gone. And the rest have gone. Yeah, but there's a big hole in that cell. And I put in... So, they... They run off. He basically uh, you know, leaves. He pushes the old woman over and goes after them. Yeah. And then he gets attacked. Like, this is the part where I was like, well, Barbara like starts to fall apart a bit here. Because at the start, when they take that's off the and land... the female teacher, right? The female teacher. Yeah. When they take off and, and land, she's the one that's like, it must be real because it's happened and here we are. And now she's just like a mess. Like she's like, we'll never get back and we're all doomed basically. And it's like, really? That's now it's like flipped. And the one who can't believe what was happening is now like, we can get out of here. And the one that was like, this is amazing that this has happened is now like, there's a dead boar there or something. And you know, did you (laughs) see the fake? Dead Like the head of the boar or whatever it is. (laughs) And, um, so, uh... They're running through the forest. Running through the forest. Um, there's more screaming. And the caveman kept talking about some beast in the woods. Yes. Or in the forest, sorry. And he gets he gets attacked by that beast. Yeah. And so, we're nearing the, the end of this episode, I think. Yeah. But the Doctor... Um... Sees his companions... Then go to assist... The caveman. Yeah, that's been hurt by the that's beast. Been hurt. Barbara's like, Barbara comes to her senses <laughs> and is like, we have to help him. I don't care what he's done. And so the they fact go- that he's chasing them down to kill them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go um, to help the caveman and the... Doctor. The doctor is like, why are we help? They, they were trying to kill us. What is compassion? What's compassion? <laughs> so now he's learned hope and compassion... Yeah. Um, and the female cave woman, Zara's like wife. Yeah, or girlfriend, something like girlfriend. that. Girlfriend. She was with him. Her? H U R. That's her. That's her. Um Tish. Can't understand like why they're helping. They're like, people were supposed to just kill each other. <laughs> um so she's learning about what friends are. Yes. And um they try to make a stretcher. To put him on out of, like, their coats. Yeah, and a couple of sticks. <laughs> a couple of sticks. <laughs> Good job, Ian. <laughs> and then the, he tells the doctor to come over and help. And this... I don't know if you have this, but I found this really interesting. Go on. So the doctor picks up um, his nut, the Zar's knife, this rock. And I thought at that moment, like... And, and Ian turns around and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I was just going to get him to, to draw a map in the dirt with the rock. <laughs> like, was the doctor going to kill that guy just so they could then get out of there? I think that was pretty clear. Because I think, I even f- thought I saw him, the doctor, with the knife, raising his arm to strike. I mm. thought that was why Ian grabbed his arm. 
Okay, I thought he just grabbed his arm. I thought he was just holding the knife and was going to, like, go down there. Possibly. But also, he's just an old man at this stage. A feeble, old, a feeble old man. A feeble old man. I thought he was going to attack him. I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah. And so I'm glad that he didn't. Um, and so they finally, you know, uh, they, they start to make a move back to the TARDIS. Yeah. And they just get captured again. I yeah. found that really disappointing. <laughs> well, what happens is... These people have all run off. Yes. The rest of the cavemen find the old woman in the cave. That's right, because, uh, is it, uh, Cal? Cal. Cal (laughs) is like, um... He's vying for leadership of the tribe. Yes. That's the whole plot that we've just left out. (laughs) He's basically like, uh, okay, so Zaz, um, not, Zaz not making us fire. I'll make fire. Because the leader of the tribe is apparently the one who can make fire. And so he's like, well, Zaz um, betrayed us all and he's taking fire with him, basically. <laughs> and so... And killed this old woman. Or <laughs> left her, whatever. Yes. So that's the other thing. He's left the old woman there and Carl has just killed her. Yeah. Before the rest of them see. Yeah. But he's like, oh, but my eyes saw, saw Zaz do it. And so they... I feel like I'm just saying, like, random names, Zara and Carl, or whatever. Um, oh, that was right, though, I think. Um, but And so they're like, oh, we'll, we'll go get him. So it's um, almost like an ambush. Yeah. They make their way... The, the doctor and the crew make their way through the woods. Yeah. Or the forest. To get to the TARDIS, but then when they get to an opening, all the rest of the cavemen are waiting there for them. Um, it's called the Forest of Fear. Forest of Fear, I'm sorry. I don't know Woods of... Despair. Scariness, despair. That's not the name of the episode. Though. <laughs> For us to feel. Yes. Um, yeah. So you were so, disappointed by that. Well, I was like, oh, they just got back. Oh, so not plot wise. You didn't think again. it was lame or something. No, it's fine. Okay. I mean, what were they going to do? Take the caveman into the TARDIS and then fly Pretty somewhere rare. and have a new companion? And they just keep doing it. They just keep <laughs> picking, picking up a new burst. Every the moment episode. they get discovered, we're out of here. Grab them, bring them on the ship, and let's go. <laughs> Well, that's the other, well, I guess because it's so far in the past, uh, we'll get to that, where they take off and there's just a whole bunch of cavemen who see a mysterious box disappear. <laughs> they were, that's, that's what I... Yeah, we'll get to that because that's the next episode. But I just wanted to mention something. You brought up excellent on-point caveman talk in episode mm. two. Mm. Did you not notice at the start of episode three, they were almost speaking like complete sentences yes this doctor is in the cave well not this doctor okay he doesn't say that they're like this man with the fire is in the cave we need to find out how this guy makes the fire it was like they almost had english accents back oh what changed maybe there's a thing going on really well look we're gonna get to it anyway but the tardis can translate that's probably why they're speaking English at all, to be honest, isn't it? Because if they're real cavemen, aren't they just going to be talking in weird cavemen? Ooh. <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah. But Ooh. my, my Ooh. point is, they went from like... They barely need to speak. Yeah, men have together. fire to like complex conversations. And not understanding what the word friend means. Yeah. But they learn a valuable lesson and then they throw spears at that lesson. I'm just saying... Something happened there. The dialogue was not as good in that one because all of a sudden the Look, cavemen were hey. having conversations like they're English professors. Look, if you're a scriptwriter 
and you're trying to move the plot along, you might just be like, can they just speak English for a few minutes? (laughs) (laughs) We need some proper nouns and... (laughs) Yeah. Um... So that's when the end of the third episode is. Ends with the ambush of the rest of the cavemen. Yeah. Um, and then they end up back in... Back at the cave... That they escape from. That they escape from. Um, one of my favourite things... And this is going to happen a lot. But the Doctor does a bit of a, like a speech. Like he does a bit of a... Um, Explanation of, like, um, what did I put? Doctor does a trademark explanation and speech followed by throwing stones at Carl. Like, he does a bit of a, like, um, the tribe is stronger than, than one, basically. And that's how they drive away the enemy. Yeah. Which is the, the caveman who actually killed the old woman. Mm. So he does a little bit of, like, a, this rock has no blood on it. That's Zars. Yes. But this rock from Carl, it does have blood on it. See, he's a Doctor Who done it. Yeah. But, like, he works out, like, using that, and he shows it to them, and then it's, they, and they have a disagreement, logic. and then they go, we can get, we, us as a group can get rid of him. And the Doctor's the first one to throw a stone, which I found a little bit... <laughs> Why are you surprised? He zapped the first guy on the ship. Yeah, he's going to stab this other guy. He's not normally so violent. He's throwing rocks now. He's gone (laughs) from like, you know, staggering through the forest and needing to lean on Susan because he's like so old and weak, and now he's throwing rocks at another person. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I thought that was really like, like that's another message they're learning, and it comes up again later when they're trying to start a fire, and they're like. We all know how to know. We all know how to. The fire maker is the least of us, because everyone can make fire. Yes. So they're really trying to tell this czar guy <laughs> that uh, you know, as a group, you're stronger than just like having one person who's like a hunter gatherer leader person. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. But you know what's interesting? I don't think he learns the lesson. No, it doesn't. He just goes, yeah, but now I have the fire and I lead the group. And then the group's like, oh, the cavemen are like, yes. So it ends with him completely ignoring the lesson. Um, which I'm not sure if we're moving too fast, but I want to get to this point. Yeah. So tell me if you've got something earlier. No, no. But the point of them escaping. So Susan puts a skull on a torch. So they make the fire... Zara's like surrounded by bones and skulls in this cave. Yeah, Zara's like, thank everything. I've got fire. This is awesome. He goes to start a larger fire. He's like, I go get meat now. We cook. That's what's happening. They're back to their caveman talk. <laughs> back to their caveman talk, and um, like the whole, the tribe as a unit is stronger than one. Has just like that. That whole message is flown out the window, <laughs> and he's like, hooray fire, and Susan. Like they they get a they get a stick, and it's on fire. And Susan puts a skull on the stick, and is like, "Check this out!" And there's like fire coming out of the eyes of the skull or whatever. And the doctor is like, "Brilliant! This is our escape plan." I <laughs> <laughs> see. I'll tell you what I thought was going to happen. Okay. I thought 
they were going to all do that, but carry it out in front of them to That's be like what I a thought was gonna scary happen. thing. I thought they would like threaten to burn them or something, which also sounds a bit more hostile than I thought the Doctor would be. But instead, but what's their brilliant plan? They put four sticks in the ground with skulls on them, and they're on fire. So when the people come in, they see four skulls on fire. And while they're like looking at the four skulls, the Doctor and his like three companions, and also it's not a massive cave. No. But they just kind of sneak behind them and run away. And then one of the skulls falls over and the cavemen are like, oh, they're just skulls. So did they, th- did they, th- <laughs> did they think there was something weird, evil happening there? Or did I, they think the four people had died from the fire? Well, I guess because they... See, this is what I thought like the reasoning was. Yep. They're cavemen. They're like really superstitious then because they haven't developed whatever... Like, they just think that the four of them could have caught on fire and burned down to a skull. On a stick? On a stick. <laughs> or, like, it's some sort of sign from, like, the, the spirits orb. or something. Oh, the orb. That's right. That's something that comes up. That's what they call the sun. The life beyond or whatever. The sun. The sun, yeah. Is it a sign from this? Because the sun is obviously hot. And they're like, that fire must be from that thing. Yeah. So, again... They escape through the forest. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just put here, great idea, Susan, burn the skulls. Um, and they get into the TARDIS, and this is a thing that comes up, is going to come up a lot. Mm-hmm. The Doctor's like, I'm not sh- exactly sure how to fly this thing. <laughs> <laughs> they finally get back, and he doesn't know. He's like, oh, we can't go back. But there's also part of him that's like, that seems to be like, Oh, these two people still know who we are. Maybe we shouldn't go back. See, that's I was going to ask you. Can you not actually fly it, or is it being deceptive? I just don't think we know at this point. Right. I think that um, he doesn't want to admit that he can't fly it. Like, <laughs> really? But um, he also seems to be the kind of person that doesn't want to go back to things... Really. So he might not want to go back there. Because then he's going to have to have to talk with Susan about not going back. and How do we kill these two teachers? How do we kill these two teachers? Well, he's a time traveler. Just dump the bodies in, like, the prehistoric era or something. <laughs> yeah, you wanted some meat. There you go. Have two. And say they were cannibals. I thought that's why they were keeping them there. Oh, no, they were going to sacrifice them to the orb. Great. That's what it was. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I must have missed that bit. The sacrifice of the orb. Well, they said something about uh, a golden rock in the sky, which obviously is like the full sun. moon. Oh, is it the full moon? Well, they were saying at full at the rock at full moon. I'm just going to say it. We will sacrifice these people to the orb. Okay. I thought I must have missed that. Maybe Superman is going to tell us that we're wrong, but that's what I thought was going on. Um. Otherwise, they're just me. The, yes. Or both. So they take off, and uh, that, will, that will lead to the next story arc. That's not what happens. That's not how it ends. Okay. They land somewhere, and then they say, let's get ready to go. Let's yes. clean ourselves up oh, before true. we leave. The radiation thing, I wrote that down. Yeah. And then the doctor says to Susan, can you check the radiation reader? Yes. And she's, oh, I don't know if he calls it that, but he says, can you check the levels? And she says, they're fine. Yes. And then the camera zooms in on it. And it is not fine. No, it, the, the, <laughs> the meter suddenly ticks right up to like 
I like going off in the danger zone yes. of radiation. Of radiation. There's no scale. There's not like this much radiation in the air. It's just, it's it's dangerous. You've got radiation. Um, that's how it ended. That's how it ended. Because uh, the next planet that they're on has a lot of radiation. I winked. Just I don't know what that see. means. I know what radiation is. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Because that's going to come up a lot. So. That was the first story arc of Doctor Who. Yes. An unearthly child. Uh, Would you like some fun facts about this story arc? Why don't you give me the facts and I'll tell you if they're fun or not. Okay. (laughs) So, um, the actress who plays Susan, Carol Carol Ann Ford. Yes. She comes up a lot too. Because obviously she's the Doctor's granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Um, The clothes that she's wearing... Belong to her. Hmm. <laughs> that, that is a fact. Damn it. Okay. Oh, so, we... originally they wanted her to wear something a bit more spacey. And they were like, oh, oh actually, okay. this is a bit weird. And so, they were just like, just wear what we have. And I think they were... They, she then... That's a better approach. ...wore something that was a bit... Apparently, uh, like, made her seem too, too sexy. Okay. So, they made her wear jeans. So... <laughs> So, yeah, apparently. There you go. Um, are you ready for another fun fact? Another fact, yes. Um, so they brought in a bunch of plants to um, set to the set because it's a jungle, and they actually brought a lizard with them. And Caroline Ford took the lizard home as a pet. Wow, is that a fun fact? That's more fun than the clothes <laughs> one. Does okay. she still have that pet? I'm okay. guessing it's died. 45 years ago it's probably not 50 years old at some some point it would have died yes Um, that's a good fact uh, I've got two more you're going to love the last one I think Okay. Uh, actually three more you're going to love the middle one (laughs) (laughs) so due to the original uh, airing so I've actually taken this this is directly from the Doctor Who wiki Mm -hmm. um the original area of the show was overshadowed by news of, the John, of John F. Kennedy's assassination the previous day. The program review board decided to repeat an unearthly child before the next episode. So the first episode of this, this arc, they repeated it, which apparently was almost unheard of in 1963, of repeating anything. So do you think they, they believed that much in the show, that they were like, we have to give us a real chance? Yeah. Or at least just like, that's not really fair. <laughs> fair. <laughs> you know. True. That is interesting. Um, it gained, uh, had a significant number of viewers on BBC One. Oh, sorry, BBC One. Oh, no, it was BBC One. Uh, six million. Wow, I'm assuming that was pretty big for the time. Yes. That would have been. Um, this is the one you like. So, what would you think of that fun fact? Yeah. Well, I guess an assassination of a president isn't fun. <laughs> I do think that's an interesting... It's interesting timing. It's an interesting fact. Yes. Uh, one of the actresses hired to play a cave woman misunderstood her part. She thought she was going to be modelling first for the doc, for Dr. No, James Bond movie, <laughs> rather than wearing rags. When she learned she was to have some of her teeth blacked up, she stormed off the set. So she wasn't in it at all? No. <laughs> That's a fun fact. <laughs> she thought she was going to be in a Jane Bond film, and they were like, no, you're going to be in this obscure sci-fi show. <laughs> you're 
You know what's hilarious? Little would she know she could have been in like the earliest episodes of one of the biggest shows ever. Yeah, but also she also gets to be an actress who stormed off the set of one of the uh, biggest shows. Do, you, do they mention her name? No. There you go. <laughs> Can't be a credit. And the actors playing the K people complain that their costumes were flea ridden. There's my last fact. Wasn't that that's method acting, isn't it? Well, yes. Did they look like they were they itchy? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> notice if they were. That's a fun fact, though. I like that one. Um. So yes, I'm thinking we need to, like, I I'm going to do this anyway. You don't have to, but like, give the episode a rating. The arc. Yes, the arc. So not each episode, but as the arc, as the story arc. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to say out of ten or. Uh-huh. You say out of thirteen what? doctors, how many doctors would be? And before people are like, well, there's more than thirteen doctors. There are more than th- there are thirteen more than thirteen doctors, but there's thirteen like main doctors. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'll accept. We can talk about if we think it's fourteen or fifteen later. But I'm going to say out of thirteen. I'm putting my foot down on this. Well, out of thirteen doctors, yes, I'm going to give it. It's hard to give it a really low score. Are you talking about enter- like how entertaining it was, or what are you what are you rating? It's just a feeling I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on this vague scale of thirteen doctors, you're gonna rate. What are you gonna rate it? Well, I think it's got a quite a significant. It's obviously quite a significant set of episodes because it's the first four episodes. This first arc. It's the first like time that this show ever airs. Yep. So, it's going to score quite highly, so I think I'm going to give it 10 Doctors out of 13. Interesting. Mm. I'm happy to rate it. Based on my knowledge, should I rate it out of one Doctor? Because that's all I know. <laughs> no. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I'll do it out of 13. I, I'm going to rate it purely on how entertaining it was for me. Yeah. As a viewer in 2021. <laughs> yes. Um... It was much better than I was expecting, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that based on everything that people have told me about how much better the newer seasons are in terms of effects and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting, and I'm going to give it a 9 Doctors out of 13. A 9 Doctors out of 13? Yes. Okay, so you gave it to Christopher Eccleston, and I gave it to David Tennant. I'm going to assume those are actors. They are actors. Okay. Good. I'm just... I don't know what any of this means. So, uh, I think before we started, you were going to say... You had something, like, once we were done, some questions about where things could... some predict. You want to make some predictions about where things could go. Well, I was just going to make one. Yeah. And so, I was just checking something on your microphone. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a prediction about the relationship between Susan and... The Doctor Who man. And Her grandfather, yes. Well, that is what I'm, I'm going to say that she finds out that he's not. And that there's no relationship there. Or that he's been pretending. That's that's my prediction. And I'm genuinely saying that based on not knowing anything. Because I've really never watched any of the shows or know anything about it. No one can see me because this is a podcast. But I'm just shrugging. So <laughs> because you can't say anything? Well, I don't really want to say anything. Well, that tells me that I'm onto something, but maybe I'm not 100%. Right. But I don't think she's actually... I don't think he's actually her grandfather. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that she is a genuine human girl, and he is this crazy alien. But she thinks that he's her grandfather, and that that's not true. All right. Well, I'll tell you that it we very rarely see any like relation of the doctors. Which means I'm onto something. Well, it means... Uh, oh, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So, the next season series, the next story arc... Yep. Which is the next seven episodes, so we, we might split that one in half. Yeah. Um, is called The Daleks. I wonder what it'll be oh about. I'm very... I have seen this one. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love it. Uh, it's so good. And uh, I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about it. I'm looking forward to it because I know it's an important part of the show, so I don't know what to expect, but I know it's going to be important. You ready? I'm going to wrap this show up. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe because this will be in lots of places, mm-hmm. probably mainly on I, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that kind of stuff. Yes. And you don't know this yet. But we will have social media, so people should oh, follow cool. us to find out about our episodes. I am definitely in for that. <laughs> He's making notes, people. I'm trying to ask you a question that's not going to be recorded. Oh, yes. We'll be on that, too. We'll be on YouTube. Okay. Excellent. I just thought people I People might already just be listening to this now on YouTube, and I'm, gonna, and I'm saying to them, while they listen to it on YouTube, hey. hey, this is on YouTube. Only reason I bring it up is because when I listen to podcasts, that's where I go. That's, like, that's our recommendation as well. Excuse me? Are you recommending YouTube as a platform to listen to podcasts? I reckon this YouTube thing's going to pan out. <laughs> yes. That's my prediction. Well, I wish I had like a had a quirky like sign-off. Uh, well, I can do like a classic Doctor quote. Like, uh, Alon Z, everyone. And goodbye from me. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of my ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity! Reverse the polarity!